Do do we have to do it? I don't, know, I don't know if I want to, but... I mean, I don't want to either, but I feel like if we don't do it... Like, it's just so expected, I don't want to do it because it's expected, but I feel like if we don't do it, we're going to get emails. So I figure we may as well just do it and then be done with it. Do it quick. All right, all right, here we go, here we go. She was walking in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens Till her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her family All right, that'll do yeah, that's enough. That's enough. I don't do the whole thing. That'll get stuck in my head for a week. That's enough. I even found like the international version where they're singing it in Russian, and I'm like, oh god, look out! Oh, that could be fun. Get Into Gate, this is episode 166, we are talking Stargate SG-1, the Get Into Gate team is here, my name is Mitch, joining me as always, Matty Gibson, Hello. and Brendan Gibson. G'day mate. Week number 459 in isolation, we are separated <laughs> by distance, but brought together by the wonderful people at Zoom, if they want to sponsor the show, they are keeping Absolutely. us going. At the moment, uh, we are back in the Milky Way galaxy this week, talking Season 8, Episode 8 of SG-1 Covenant. Uh, now, obviously, for those in the know, or those in, that have seen the show, um, this particular episode, we did have to play the nanny, because obviously, Mr. Sheffield uh, does uh, does guest star in uh, in this episode. Basically, is Richard Branson, I want to say, um, based on that jacket mm. that he was wearing. So, we'll get into the old synopsis, uh, have a read of what it says, and then we'll get into the episode and see what we thought. When a billionaire industrialist threatens to reveal the existence of alien life at a press conference, SG-1 is charged with the job of keeping him quiet. Carter, who has worked with him in the past, tries to explain that the information will cause panic, but ultimately she must decide how far she is willing to go to stop this threat to national security. Story by Ron Wilkerson, uh, directed by Martin Wood, uh, scripts and written by... <laughs> so i i mean I, I i teased it just before the synopsis that when he come out he's you know mr sheffield comes out and he's just walking along he's so casual and so cool you get this idea that he's this rich businessman and all that he fronts the media and he's just so um and i've got a lot of charisma about him and yeah to me and the fact that he's running like a an aviation place and he's got his hands in a lot of other different technology type pockets out there and I'm like was this like an early rip off of you know a young Richard Branson like he's in his 60s by now so go back nearly 20 years we're, we're mm. probably talking early Branson of when he really started making his mark I don't know and he's British as well so well um, like was he like what was that accent like that wasn't the Mr. Sheffield accent so it's like what 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 yeah, what it was. Was, it? was was that him trying to do an American accent and failing miserably? Or? Oh, I didn't hear any different. I'm with Brendan. I, he oh, said really? It. Yeah. No, Mr. Sheffield was much more, you know, much more posh with his accent. Or, or maybe that's maybe that's what Charles was it Shaughnessy? Shaughnessy I think so. Yeah. Oh, but what Is about it? on Days of Our Drearies? He was like that too, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, was he on that? Was he? I'm pretty sure. Oh wow! I don't think I'd ever really pick up that he sounds different in anything I've ever seen him in. But I reckon maybe maybe the Sheffield thing, while it would be a long time to keep it up, maybe he was really emphasizing that posh nature of uh, of an Englishman. But well, maybe doing, that was doing his best Madonna. Yeah, that weird hybrid accent. 
then again, I guess when you're opposite Fran Drescher, who was emphasizing who she was as the <laughs> nanny, they're going to sound really different. Like he's going to sound way more British uh, up against um, True that. That, the, the twang of Fran Drescher. Did anyone watch the the uh, the Zoom chat that they did, where they read like the pilot script or something? Oh, that's right. No, I I know I definitely didn't. But um... except the little kid's bald now, like the little um, like the son. Yeah, he's like a forty year old, like completely bald headed dude now. He has not aged well. <laughs> Scott from Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, watch, I mean, I watched the hell out of that show back when it was uh, back when it was on. You know, like peak nanny. You know, early oh, mid nineties and all that. Oh, what a show my for the family. Show. Yeah, yeah. We all, I think, we all loved it as a family. I think my father hated it from memory. <laughs> <Tolerated> it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, barely tolerated. I want to even say that it did a lot of seven o'clock viewings, and he doesn't get home until like seven twenty-five on average. So he would always walk in at the That's end. The and reason, it was just like. like yeah, yeah, deliberately hanging around work a little bit later than usual. Dad, you miss Niles' zingers, man. Dad, you're so Niles. It's such a Niles thing to say. <laughs> did you um? Did you hear the little cam- the little sort of shout out cameo when um when Carter takes him to the Alpha site and introduces him to Captain Sheffield, like the guy that's in charge of the Alpha site? Oh, I completely blanked on that. I was actually looking yeah. at the actor, wondering whether I I remembered him from another smaller role within Stargate. He looked familiar from... But we never really got like a front-on shot of him, so I didn't mm. know whether I was just piecing something together from the side of his face. But th- I can't believe I, I slept on the Sheffield reference. Yeah. That's crazy. It feels like a Peter DeLuise thing, but it was must have been a Cooper thing. So I'd know. say Martin Wood thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the day <laughs> oh yeah you're right it could have been on the day yeah so this I mean yeah, it feels like it feels strange when you watch an episode like this to me that we've I mean I know we've we've tinkered with ideas of the public finding out but it's been more about the idea of a cover up and from I guess our point of view if we're thinking of ourselves as the SGC rather than focusing so much on a guy who has no ill intent like anytime that someone wants to make it public you know they're while the NID don't want to do this or Kinsey doesn't want to do this they are more a Kinsey and an NID type where they've got ulterior motives whereas this guy was just he was all about the truth and while you might have expected after 40 minutes of, of an episode you find out what his real true motives were we never really found that out like it was just seemed to be no he just wanted to to tell the truth and all that so we have i guess played with this idea of okay well this is going to go public one day what happens if it does where do we feel about that at this stage of the show but i guess by now when we're nearly midway through season eight it is time to really start looking into that idea of all Mm. the shit that's happened and like they said five months ago there was this gigantic battle over antarctica like we've had some shit go on in orbit but to go on over Antarctica within our atmosphere, we've got to start having these conversations about how can we keep this shit secret for for so long. So I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed that aspect of it. But then I guess to have it birth, then the idea of if you watch these episodes in the right order, birth the idea <laughs> of the trust and who the new NID are and all that sort of thing. So it does, I guess, set a little bit more of a future path for the show, but also asks well, some questions a little bit deeper than what we have already about what it means when the Stargate program finally becomes public knowledge. It felt a little bit all over the place for me. Like there was just so much crammed into this, but it all happens off screen. Like all the exciting, interesting stuff happens off screen. Hmm. It's like, oh, while, you know, Mr. Sheffield was, you know, over on the Alpha site, stuff was happening back there. Um, off screen, it's like, oh, old mate's, you know, offed himself at the end. He's hung himself. 
all the trust stuff happens off screen. Mm. Uh, it, it's it, we're always just catching up and hearing about stuff, which I found sort of really, really weird. And even like you know, they even reference probably the the worst one that Stargate's done is they reminded us, even though like we all consider Lost City a massive victory, they're like. Oh yeah, remember how there was that aircraft carrier that got was taken down and like two thousand people died on that and no mm. one really did anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. Like thousands of people died in Lost City and we didn't yeah. really acknowledge it. Yeah. Because again, that all happened off screen when they just kind of got that. It sort of came over the phone. Yeah. Uh, in the president's office. Yeah, we definitely spoke about that and how weird it seemed that mm. the way I guess that was referenced and then never really referenced again so yeah it's interesting for it to be brought up back now and i guess that added a little bit of depth at that stage like when they said the number before they told you the accident in which it happened it was like oh shit yeah there's it's not just the people that we know it's not just sg1 and 11 and 7 that you know there's it's affecting people outside of the sgc already so it kind of makes sense and even though carter was more about telling just this guy colson throughout the episode like what happens if we do I guess it made me think a little bit more about okay, yeah, this stage of the show, what happens if uh, what happens if the public do find out based on how this one guy is reacting to it and why he wants the public to find out. Mm. And it seemed really weird the way the way the episode was structured. Like that whole cold open seemed pointless to me. Like why why would he give the government twenty four hours? Why would you not yeah. just? Wouldn't a cold open be better if the cold open was him wheeling out an Asgard? Like that scene yeah. where he just wheels out the Asgard clone and the and the um, media are taking photos. I'm going to give you 24 hours to kill yeah, me. Yeah, like I feel like that was yeah <laughs> that was there so that Carter and Jackson could go and have a chat with him first. Like he just felt it was yeah. just like buffering and just like putting unnecessary runtime into the episode. Imagine if like yeah the first time like Carter and Daniel when they're watching the press conference on TV they see him wheel out the Asgard straight away and that's mm. the cold open. Mm. I feel like that would have been more interesting, but they sort of had to pad it out to give like the trust time to get involved. And I don't really understand or I'm interested in what the trust was doing. Like by the time you get to the end of the episode and there's that big exposition scene about oh they got to him six months ago and blah blah blah. I'm just like I don't care. Mm. So don't care about it. It just seemed a long way to go. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of information to shove in here. Why, as a personal thing, that he would have been involved? And I actually had to rewind it a couple of times because I just found myself drifting. Yeah, I did like make... put sub- subtitles on to really yeah. kind of uh, try and absorb it. I think the main one I put subtitles on was for Colson, the way he managed to get the DNA sample from the government, the biotech research company contract. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, it's, he it's just like... spat it out. Yeah, the Department of Defense like was trying to help the Asgard with their cloning technology or whatever. So yeah. it's like they've outsourced and they've just given Asgard DNA to like, We just gave them a, a sample, company. but they weren't meant to do like too much with it. What did you think they were going to do? <laughs> you give them non-human DNA, what do you think they're going to do with it? Yeah. Like, They'd figure yeah, that out like immediately too, right? Oh, this isn't... Surely. I mean, we're no like, biochemists or anything like that, but yeah. So, But what, what I love the most is... When he does like reveal the Asgard and he like, you know, throws to the, the door and the guy opens the door, there's like for no reason that just random plain looking woman that w- walks out first before the Asgard. Yeah. I kinda I kinda wanted the crowd to like gasp at her and go, Oh my god, start taking photos and she's like, Oh no, no, not me, not me. Oh. Marilyn Monroe is an alien and she's still alive. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, why would you have her walk out first? Like 
Like, yeah. the Asgard walked out with a handler. What was her role? Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, no, I found that I found that super strange, especially because I haven't seen this episode in a long time, as I say about every episode. And I genuinely forgot what they were about to bring out. So the fact, ah. yeah, that it was, it was this Asgard. But yeah, you get this random woman, faceless woman come out first. It's like, oh, that just seems like a weird... And again, like you said, Matty, yeah, you needed a reaction to make that seem worthwhile. So, um, But I guess once the Asgard came out for me, I was like, holy shit, what was the Asgard doing? Was he on that ship? You know, something to do with Antarctica. Like, I was really wondering about who this was and why they were here and what this means afterwards. And I mean, they clear it up pretty quickly, but just for that next five minutes, um, I did enjoy that when, when Carter, like immediately after that, and she's like, Oh, it's called Thor. And he said, it's not one of their Asgard. He has no, and I'm like, Oh, you're sure he answers this phone call. He, you know, there's like big intergalactic shit going on for months and he just doesn't answer. I know he's been stuck in different galaxies and time <laughs> vortexes and shit, but sometimes the Asgard give them nothing. This is like, hey, we've got this going on, and immediately it's like, bang, we can move on with the episode because it's not a real Asgard. We need to find out what it is within three minutes of screen time. But then obviously he came to play a, a bigger part in it anyway, so that was What I cool. want to see is the part of the episode that we didn't see that happened off screen where Carter and Daniel must have just had the best time. Like, they get flown from Colorado Springs to Seattle to Colson's, like, you know, head head office, where they drove there in a convertible red Mustang. Yes. yes. I'm like, excuse me? Did, like, <laughs> the US tax dollars pay for you guys to rent that to tour around Seattle in? Like, you just, oh, yeah, <laughs> we'll take that hotted up convertible muscle car. And I'm like, Carter's in her civilian clothes. Like, you'd think she would have rocked up, like, if she's representing the US government, you think she would have rocked up like she would have legally had to rock up like in her uniform or whatever. Mm. She's just rocked up in her civvies because they they were hitting you know hitting the clubs afterwards in their in the um, convertible. I had to be able to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was probably their clothes from the night before. <laughs> yeah, that that moment it was. I mean, obviously it's cool to see our our characters do everything, but for me it's like with these sort of shows where you are so focused on just like a handful of characters. The best and worst part about it is that they do do everything. Like, in in what world, in any real sense of any military, would it be SG, or not even military, but government or otherwise, would it be SG-1's role to go and speak with the guy that said he would go he would go on, on air and reveal secrets about yeah. international security, you know? Like, it comes down to Carter and Daniel going yeah. to speak with him. And I know, again, like... You know, That's why I feel with and, all Earthbound Eps... That's yeah. why I think they're kind yeah. of irrelevant. Where's Major Davis? Like, this would have been per- ideal yes. for Major Davis, Yeah, that's, that's him. And then doesn't she bring up the other bloke, um, Barrett? Like, she brings up Barrett saying, oh, we're working with him. I'm like, this should have been, yeah, a Davis and a Barrett thing. And yeah. then maybe if they struggle, they go, oh, Sam, you've had previous dealings with this guy. Can we bring you in? And maybe that's why she dresses more like a civilian. If she comes in dressed in military mm-hmm. garb, like they probably did, it's a bit of a you know a brick wall, whereas you know she comes again. Maybe that's where they just lose a little bit of screen well, time. They don't have the only, minutes to eat up. My only internal logic for her being in civilian clothes was, you know, Colson gives his twenty-four hour ultimatum to the government. Surely there's like media like hanging out the front of his um, oh yeah space. So she's wearing civilian clothes, so it doesn't look like the government's rocking up the next day to be like. <laughs> I'd have liked Carter to introduce Daniel. And this is a nice-looking young man. (laughs) (laughs) I made a note of that. I actually liked that little bit of continuity that... um, What was her name? Um, The the reporter? um, Julia Donovan. 
Blondie. Yeah, like that's the chick from the Prometheus when the, when the Prometheus was um yeah stolen. So she doesn't know Daniel. She's never dealt with Jonas. So I love uh, the fact that she didn't know who she's like. Sense. Oh my my source says oh he's some you, there was some handsome guy. Nice looking young man is what she said. Young, <laughs> yeah. like he's older than you, love. Yeah. <laughs> and then also like the other. Who, who's touch. the who's the woman who gave her that advice? Oh my God, he's a oh nice looking young man. <laughs> uh, and then the other bit that I don't think I've ever picked up before, but I loved it was while Sam's on the phone with Julia Donovan getting into the convertible, then Daniel says, oh, he's got 13 missed, missed messages from um, Emmett Bregman, mm. who's the reporter from Heroes. The, guy the that, doco maker. Yeah, yeah. the doco yeah, 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 cool. guy. Yeah, I never noticed that before. Just because, you know, Daniel talks so quick, sometimes you don't always catch everything. And then mm. also, like, I feel sorry for people who might have missed Heroes or haven't been able to re-watch Heroes, because that was a long time ago if you're watching it on TV. Yeah, yeah. I just got 13 messages from Emmett Bregman, and then she's like, I'm real. It's like, who's <laughs> cut away? Especially when, like, she's on the phone to the reporter, and she takes the... And, like, I know you just said, Maddie, that Daniel wasn't in that episode, but they still took the time to go, oh, it's the reporter from the Prometheus episode. Yeah. Um, right. And also, then, the, my favourite bit, and that's what I've written in my first note, was the exposition news story. Like, it comes back from the credits, and it was like, if you've been living under a rock for the last 20 years, <laughs> which I figure <laughs> is, a, is a real script way of writing the notes, which was, if you're not sure why you've never heard of this character who we're <laughs> going to tell you is extremely important before after eight and a half seasons this is who he is and why because as soon as they tell you exactly who he is O'Neill walks in and goes switch that off I'm like yeah you're right us yeah. audience already know everything we need to know to and make this Carter episode just flow and on Carter's like oh yeah what he helped us build the F302 he just doesn't know like yeah. you know I just like had the other exposition where it's like Coulson's he, his plane went down emergency landing and then she's like get me something on his wife and kids. And then he turns to Carter. She turns to Carter and says, he, they died in a plane crash years ago. That's why he started Colson <laughs> Airspace. Oh, thanks for that. Oh, You're right. She was just writing. there. To the, she was exposition oh, character. That was the worst yeah. I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Not just saying that because that's a Cooperism, but yeah, that's, that was terrible dialogue. But he's like, if he's, if he is Richard Branson, like, you know, everyone would know that. Like that would be common knowledge. He, well, he was a virgin himself. for 50 years in the other yeah. company. <laughs> he even <laughs> says himself later on, he's like, oh, you know, when you have you know, my level of celebrity, nothing's secret. Yeah, there's that. I wonder whether if they, it would have been better if it's like, get me something on his wife and kids. And then that's just like, oh, okay, that's a reporter doing their job or whatever. But then later on, he's like, you know about my wife and kids, don't you? And then maybe he goes in, even she goes, yes, he goes, well, after the crash. And then you, as an audience member, can put it together maybe. Like... Yeah, it was even just if you said l- after they died. Yeah, yeah, mm. you're right. Like there's just a, and then you think back and go, oh shit, that's why she was going after the stuff. And wow, okay, you're really putting it together now. But yeah, it was just yeah, so force fed. He could have had PTSD when like they were recovering from their plane accident that went down. Mm, mm. Like, was he on the plane with his wife and daughter when yeah, they were killed? Yeah, yeah. Was he not? Were they on a separate plane? Like, and we never see this character again. He's never, even at the yeah, end, like right, the never last see him again. Well, yeah, because right at the end, they're like, oh, P.S., he's going to go live on another planet. Bye. Yeah. End credits. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I thought I remembered where it was going, that we were going to see him leave, even just go through the event horizon. I thought, oh, okay, well, we're going to see that. And then it just went to black in the, in the lounge room. I'm wondering if this was maybe like a... And that gave them the inspiration to do um, 
uh, it's good to be king. I'm wondering if maybe this sort of piqued someone's interest and went because I think Peter DeLuise writes it's good to be king. Yeah, he does. Um, so yeah, I'm wondering if without you know giving any spoilers, I'm one. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe the throwaway lines in this episode inspired Peter DeLuise to actually write it done correctly. Yeah, I think I I think I remember that episode. I mean, what it's about. I mean, so. It was another one of those moments during this rewatch while we are outside of the podcast and part of the wider Stargate fandom community that we are campaigning to have more Stargate made and to bring it back and all that, that this is another potential thread or character that could see a return. I mean, Charles Shaughnessy still acting like it would be kind of cool to be able to go to the Alpha site or a Beta site and he's a guy that's not taken on like a weird type role, but like a, maybe a, some kind of advisor in like Brennan's a technological triggered. sense. Um, but to see that kind of follow-up that he's still living maybe you do bring him back to Earth you know I mean then you have to explore you know people still chasing him because one he committed crimes that he didn't but people think that he did and that he's been disappeared for you know 20 years so that would probably be too much to focus on in an episode about a show called Stargate but um, the idea that we could follow up and he would just be another you could watch him as a new viewer in a new Stargate series and go, oh, that's the guy from The Nanny. But if you're a long-term fan and watcher, you go, oh, that's that's Alec Coulson from that. Yeah, okay, cool. They're following up on that. You know, it's not just a like another one of those, as you guys say, we never see it again type situation that we would like to maybe mm. see. It's, it's there to be seen again. You know, it's a big it's a big thread there. And I feel like, you know, Carter says, like, when she offers him that they're going to send him off world, she says, you know, she's already got authorization. I feel like, that's not even a call like Jack could make. I feel like that's mm. like a presidential thing. Like the president's got to sign off on that if he's if Coulson's about to go to prison. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like wouldn't like it be easier pardon. just for Coulson? Yeah, just just for the president to give him a pardon, like give him yeah. a presidential pardon, and say you know he it was it was the guy that hung himself that was responsible for everything, and give him a pass, mm. and then he's not going to give away the information. It feels like by the end now that you know his you know his business partner's dead and he's lost his business. So, like, the trust have no reason to kill him. Do we know where they sent him? I missed that bit. No. She just gives him the... Because he, he, he very conveniently, and in some really clever Cooper writing, he says, <laughs> oh, with a public profile like mine, there's nowhere on this world I can hide. Oh, Which gives Carter the perfect opening. Be like, well, what about another world, mate? <laughs> it's like, thanks, Karen. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being a billionaire, I assume he was a billionaire, to going and living in mm. that kind of... Um, chamber where all the bull statues are and the light darkness and light people I just can't imagine that yeah send him him to Kelowna to live with uh, Jonas and all those squabbling um, politicians man yeah see that's the thing I just I maybe it's just because we saw him at the Alpha site I naturally then again maybe it was my head running forward about you know what if we saw him again I just naturally went to the idea that he would still continue to do what he does. Not that he was out there inventing stuff, but he was boss of a company, obviously had ideas back in the day uh, and wanting to make things better that he would, yeah, go to somewhere like a an alpha site or something like that. But yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, it would be fun to, <laughs> yeah, imagine what, what planet they would just go and pop him on because that would be so much harder. At least he'd have that connection to Earth um, if he was part of the alpha site. Like, why not stick him... You know, next time they you know hook up to go to Atlantis again, I'm watching Atlantis for the first time, but I do imagine that at some point they're going to make direct contact with Earth. Like, why not send him to Atlantis? Then he's still part of the fight, the secret that he's now helping to keep, and he's part of the the battle, but he still gets to continue his good work and not go to. 
Jail. I feel like if he was friends with Jack, Jack would be like, oh, have I got the planet for you, mate? Yeah. Sends, sends him to the brief candle planet where it's all just like <laughs> belly dances and psychological, like psychedelic Get cakes. Get 100 days left. Good luck. Cake, pizza cakes. <laughs> Tell the redhead I said hi. Yeah, or... Or he sends him to uh, the planet he was trying to get away from, the 100 Days planet. where he <laughs> <laughs> Stage 5 Clinger Girl. Yeah, yeah, like, if you meet a there. woman who has a dead husband, steer clear of her. Yeah. <laughs> She's crazy. Do not, do not go anywhere near the laundry. Maybe, maybe Carter was just pissed off that he did that nosedive, so she sent him to the same planet they sent Anubis. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, that was ridiculous, that nosedive, because she, it took ages for her to regain control. And, like, she, like, skimmed the canopy of the of the forest. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like he was just expecting her to do that, but it's like, if she hadn't reacted, if she'd reacted a second later, they'd be dead. Yeah. Like, how can he, how can he give away our secret if he's dead? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was just insane. What was his plan? I think that was just the CGI doing a disservice. Yeah, well, he sort of has that that line a little bit later on where he's like, "Oh, how did it feel being out of control?" Like it was his plan all along, but mm. it's like, mate, you weren't at any point looking like you were going to react. So mm. it's like, even if Carter hadn't taken control and you'd pulled up like a second later, Carter's a better pilot than you are, mate. I'm, that's what I'm factoring in. Like, sure, he's got pilot experience, but he's a bit of businessman for the hey, last. 20 when years. she had her reproductive organs on the inside, she did a lot of flight hours. <laughs> Well, and she knows the 302 better than almost anyone. Like, she knows how to handle it and what it can do and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just like, yeah, you, I think you're right. It might be that sort of the um, the CGI doing the disservice to the story again. Well, what little story there is, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this one. That's what I always think. Season 8, I love it. But then I, on a rewatch, I'm like, skip, skip, skip. I feel like there's a yeah. lot of horse, there's like more horse shit. And then like, there's so many in the top seven which you, which you're not going to be able to cram in just yeah. like it the middle there's not many middle ranges see the hit or miss mm. well and it's going to be even tighter this season because we won't even have like 21 we'll have like 18 so it'll be like a a top medium and bottle bottom six mm. like if we split them up so yeah, yeah that'll be true. but um a little bit of interesting trivia that i um that i liked with this is brendan you'll probably recognize the colson like office space as they reuse that set on Atlantis, like all those, the guard rails and the, and the metal railings behind him and stuff like that. It's actually the blade Trinity set as well. Like that was where the evil guy from blade Trinity was living. That's the set. And the Stargate production bought it for a dollar from, from blade. Cause the blade Trinity people was going to cost them hundreds of thousand dollars to break it down and dispose of it. They didn't want anything to do with it. They're like, well, someone can have it. They're just going to be responsible for it, and they, apparently they sold it to the, the, the Stargate production for a dollar. Well, I thought it was a bit narrow, like his office. <laughs> a lot yeah, of plants well, around. I think that becomes. <laughs> I think that that becomes like Heitmeyer's um, office in. Um, oh, in the Atlantis. lab. No, no, um, Heitmeyer, the psychiatrist. You know. The, oh right. Oh yeah. Yeah, because they open up. They they open up all those louvers and that's basically the same the same backdrop and you see like Weir and Shepard walking down those that that stairwell like 400,000 times before the series is over yeah makes sense yeah but um yeah i thought that was pretty interesting i was just thinking once he once he said uh you don't expect this to make me not want to share the secret out do you sam i was just like oh dude 
You should just push him in the vortex on the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, stand I here was... and we'll dial the gate. What's going to happen? Nothing. You'll be fine. And then just <laughs> leave some embering shoes around. I was genuinely really caught, though. <laughs> I was like, if I was in his position and, like, I don't know if I would keep the secret or not. Like, yeah, if I too. found out the way he did... And then the U.S. military, who I don't haven't really been had dealings with, and don't like he knew Sam, but he didn't really know anything else. Mm. And they showed me the Stargate program. I don't know if I'd be able to keep the secret or not. Well, mm. that, that's what I liked. That, that was about the only thing I liked about this episode was that dialogue in the plane. He's like, "Oh, the old cancer trick." Yeah, and, and it's like, "Would you want to know?" And he's like, "Of course, I want to know because then I can try and cure it." And I kind of agree with that because sure, there'd probably be mass hysteria in in the populace for a short period, but I think everyone would come together in solidarity and just be like, we have to fight this common enemy, the warriors of the world type shit. Yeah. Well, that's what so many sci-fi shows do. It's like when, when they realize that they're not the only people in the universe, it bonds them together. And I mean, that's what sci-fi does in a meta sense is it, it on a, like on a macro level is like, okay, well, if we're going to make this planet and this planet fight over something really, really petty, it's you know it's meant to look like oh it's mirroring petty arguments we have here yeah. on earth so the idea being that like if we knew that we would just just this one little insignificant thing and there was proof that there was other life out there you think so many of our petty differences would fall by the wayside but it's like the sgc kind of has that opposite effect especially intelligent life because i have i have absolutely no doubt that there is life on other planets just whether or not it's we've managed to come across a civilization that's lives yeah. in the same same time space as us relatively well that's and you know their level of sentience yeah is, is, yeah. is equivalent to ours because you, you imagine if that meteorite didn't hit and kill the dinosaurs then we wouldn't be here it'd still be dinosaurs you know yeah. mucking about oh, dinosaurs in spaceships star trek voyager season three <coughs> <laughs> um but um but yeah it's like us being the the fifth member of sg1 and having you know been watching the show for eight years we know and trust the SGC and we're like, okay, well, if they say it needs to stay secret for now, we trust them. Yeah. But if I was in universe and I was Alec Coulson, I don't know that I would because I wouldn't know like the SGC enough to trust them. It'd just yeah. be like, oh, I don't, I don't, I feel like Daniel's right looked to know. when they were watching the TV and, and when Coulson was like, I gave you 24 hours and Daniel was like really angry. I'm like, fuck you, Daniel. Like, what do you care <laughs> if it's secret or not? You still have your job. They're not going to change what you do. <laughs> yeah. You'll be able to talk about it. Not that he has friends to talk to about it. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's a wonder that he didn't try and, and use it as a means of, like, well, I won't, but if you have to let me be the aviation thing behind all of your ships and you have to allow me access to this, and I've got to be... Like, he could have made himself, you know, like a trillionaire through, yeah. you know, using using the secrets that he had that he was going to keep. Because he, yeah, like I said, you get to the end of the episode, he wasn't he wasn't out because he was evil. He just, he, as far as we to believe, which almost seems too good to be true, he was doing it because it was a secret. And it's like, this is too big and people should know. And then once he found out more about it, he's like, well, yeah, like the cancer thing. People would rather know the full truth than nothing or, or even half the truth. So the idea that, they, I don't know. Maybe, is there a middle ground there where he could have been the good guy, but then go, well, okay, I'll allow it if you allow me to do more work on these three hundred twos and whatever else. That big thing that I got a picture of over Antarctica. Let me have a look at those engines, you know. So, but would that would that make him like 
a bad guy in the sense is, is that technically blackmail? Is it like, you yeah. give me this and I'll keep your secret? Is he like extortion blackmailing them at that point? Yeah, I feel like they could have had... Some, there is a way there where he almost he he agrees to it, but then it's like, ah, oh, well, you've got to do this thing for me though. You know, as like a, as a little bit of, a little bit of fun. Like it, mm. it doesn't change his world. Ultimately he gets some, he gets some extra work there. And then maybe then you do find out about the bloody financial bullshit that sort of comes and goes and means next to nothing as, as except for just killing off his mate. But, um, I don't know. Then it just mm. expands the world a little bit. Like for me, the whole exposition news story at the start, I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, one of the writers' like best mates' last name was Coulson. So in one episode, in some CGI plane that was going to fly by that was carrying one of our people, he'd written in it was Coulson Air or something as a tribute to his friend. And then you get to here and they go, oh, we're going to have this aviation guy. We're going to have this billionaire. It's like, well, why don't we make it the Coulson guy? And then it's like the little threads were there along the way. And yeah. they were just nothing little side you know notifications there but we've, we've we've used that and then now we might not ever see charles shaughnessy play another role but the name colson is out there and you know oh well we spoke to the engineers at colson and they reckon this engine blah 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 like yeah well, I they, know, they just do could've... talk about how they've had to split up construction like of the 302s and 303s mm. and stuff like that they obviously had to like compartmentalize and people built little bits and pieces so yeah it's like it's almost like if colson went okay well Give me, tell me everything. Let me know everything that's going on. Tell me about 302, 303, all that kind of stuff. And then they can give more work to him. And even if he doesn't profit from it, even if he like does it for him for cost so that he's involved, yeah. he can help. He's a smart man. He can help him out with new technology and engines and mm. reverse engineering tech and all that kind of stuff. Mate, have him compete for Carter's heart against Pete. Oh, oh my God. Bah, 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 bah. She's got this low-level cop that can't afford to take her out to a real dinner and instead he has to go to an old people's home. And then you've got the guy <laughs> that can fly to the other side of the planet to have real food in Paris. Real food. <laughs> I have to choose, choose this myself. You know? I yeah. choose. And then, <laughs> and then awesome. Carter can take, as reciprocation, Carter can take him to the other side of the galaxy for alien food. Hey, see, it's all you there. Know, she can take him to P3X 254 for some yellow ones. You know? <laughs> Pete's jealousy. And it gets him kicked off the show because he just can't handle it. But then she doesn't end up with Alec anyway because he's his troubles. He has to go live elsewhere. And she's like, I'm not having a long distance relationship. And then, oh, Neil comes in and pats her on the back and goes, don't worry, it's all going to be okay. And oh, see, wow, there it is. Wow, wow. Oh, God, here we are season fixing 11. Cooper's mistakes. That's what season 11 could have been. That's what season 11 could have been, guys. Speaking what about it will horse, be. Speaking oh. about the horse ship pile that we were talking about before, I, I just... On my previous watches of this, of season eight, I never realized how much they cut out O'Neill. Like, and it was to the point where even yeah. Thor mm. had to cover for him. O'Neill said he'll see you tomorrow. I reckon if you didn't even mention it, we wouldn't notice. Like, he yeah. just, yeah. we knew he was in Washington. Like, he didn't even yeah. need yeah. to say that. But it, it was just. That's it. There was the enough little, fun. Little with, times you know, that he's in there. For the... Fun. Yeah. Well, there was enough time. Like, there was enough fun stuff with him. Like waiting for the beam out and the beam in. He's like, any minute now, any minute. That was fine. And that cool scene where, like, you know, he's in all his formal gear and they beam off to to Washington and stuff like that. It's like that's that's cool stuff. You, yeah, you didn't need Thor like you know uh, running errands and you know yeah. giving giving messages back and forward. This is one of my favorite ones where O'Neill like has the the answer for the SG one to fulfill their well. mission. The Pentagon has lost all patience. What are they going to do? They want us to put a stop to it. How? 
We're calling in a marker. Yep. Calling in a marker. Greetings. I am Thor! The mind! <laughs> That's how he rolled it. <laughs> See, that couldn't have happened because he beamed in on his own. If he beamed in his chair with the stereo speakers <laughs> on it, he could have been jamming that. Yeah. But, you know. Hey, man, you don't think that it can beam in sound? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he now has, like, wind machines. So when he busts in, like, it just blasts people and they're just like, yeah. I am so... It's like, is that the wind thing or is that the speakers? I don't yeah. know. But it's like, it's all theft. It's all working. Thor putting on, like, a big, long, blonde Thor yes. wig so that yeah. his hair can just, like whip majestically in the um, but it, it's in always the... in slow motion like everyone else is normal but his <laughs> head yeah they would just they a, would just an isolated time dilation device just around him so that he's mm. in slow motion compared to us yeah you're right though with o'neill like it's those scenes where i, I think I, I forget was maybe in the middle of the episode and o'neill's just sitting at his desk and it might have even been that moment where he was like oh, you know the pentagon are over it and just the way that Richard Dean Anderson was carrying himself, and I'm like, it's almost like he's so rarely on set. It's almost just expected, oh, well, we need you to be the one that injects comedy. You always used to, but you were here for the entire 40 minutes of the episode where we could actually explore your character a little bit and how you would react to certain situations. Well, you're only here for five minutes every time or two minutes every time. We just need you to be the funny guy who doesn't take anything seriously and you've got to have a quip and then bang, you're out and you can go back to uh, see your family. So I've, I feel sorry for him in that sense as an actor, but also as a as a character now where we had him for seven seasons and then now it's like, nah, he's just the, he's just the, the comedic relief guy. Yeah. I think uh, I think he probably prefers it like that. Well, that was his wish anyway to have a reduced role. But I well, think yeah. in the best se- episodes of this season, he actually does get out of that general's chair and get out and about. Which yeah, is, like they know, save up fun. their Rick days so that yeah. they, that you know O'Neill can get out there and, and do what O'Neill needs to do. And yeah, yeah. they're the best episodes. Yeah, for of sure. The season. I just wanted to share this one too. This is my other favorite one of his. Um, how about a hyperdrive for the Prometheus? That is something I must discuss with the High Council. Thor, come on. You said you wanted to get something nice for the President. Carter? Sir, anything on who might have tried to kill Coulson? I don't know why, but I laugh so hard when he's like, come on, Thor. (laughs) Do you want to get something nice for the President? Is it just me, or is Thor's voice really weird in this episode? Yeah, it sounded different. A filter on it or something. Yeah, I I felt like that too. Yeah, especially at the start, greetings, and then when he's talking to Sheffield, I mean Colson, (laughs) he's like, "You're the real one." Hello, (laughs) and then I'm the yellow one. They, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna start off, but I can probably jump to the end there where he does say, "You're the real one," and oh, what's gonna happen to the fake one? He's like, "Well." we're going to transfer a consciousness from an Asgard whose body's failing him. And I'm like, me, so hang on. 
his cloning technologies are up to the standard of the <laughs> yeah. Asgard that he's like, oh, sick, we got an empty vessel here. Just stick the brain right into it and we are sweet. Because I'm like, they gave them the DNA. Hey, look, here's just like a hypothetical DNA sequence. Can you guys just run some tests about what this would possibly... Just, just check it out. And they went, oh, they obviously did more work than they were supposed to. I'm like, yeah, they took DNA sequencing and cloned a alien like <laughs> yeah. cool like gra- glad that they did that but that could have like they said it was a mute thing because it's got all the capabilities to talk but it doesn't know properly how to function because they can't teach it things because its physiology is so different and they've been spending months or longer just teaching it how to f-ing walk and yet then thor rocks up and goes oh that you wouldn't believe it f-ing spot on um yeah, so on. we're just we're just gonna drop his uh, old mate's brain into it, and uh, you are good to go. Yeah, we're gonna whip out your Datsun engine you put in, and we'll put a Ferrari engine in it, and it's good to go. <laughs> yeah, like how? Uh, whatever. Like it's fine, but it's like he's he he was an aviation guy. Like it's Colson mm. Air or Colson whatever Industries, and uh, and yet like how like how many pies has he got his fingers yeah. in when it's like that's the can't... main company and yet they're like oh we gave him some dna sequencing to work on like, why yeah. you gave him engines to fix up for the 302 but also gave him asgard blood like what the f- Booba! <laughs> <laughs> all right so, so i got a f- i got an email here from eric fusco your great buddy oh eddie fusco he f- your mother <laughs> <laughs> that's that sent him a lot more um no, there's a lot more in that than usual. Hey, boppity boopity. <laughs> uh, Eric writes, what up, my gators? Since I'm extremely bored during lockdown here in the dystopian states of America, I thought I'd take a crack <laughs> at writing trivia questions for your upcoming episodes. I took the liberty of adding a bonus question to the list. Hope you like them. And oh. rest in peace, Reese. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> I mean, he's in the next room, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Eric's written some questions for you, Matty. Oh, that's right. It's me on uh, SG1, isn't it? That's right. So we don't have a clock. So I'm thinking we'll just do one and then you answer it and then we talk about it or say yes or no. That's what I'm thinking. My body is ready. All right. (laughs) What was the cover story about the Gawauld attack? Uh, It was uh, um, like a, a meteor shower. Correct. What inspired Carlson to found his company? Death of his wife and daughter. <laughs> In? In a plane crash. Correct. Yeah. Who was the officer at the Alpha site? Mm, Captain Sheffield. Correcto. What's the name of the news program Sam goes on? Oh, who cares with who cares? <laughs> um, I mean, I'd like this... A- for uh, myself with Sam Carter, it's actually in, inside. Act- inside me with. Oh, okay. I was, <laughs> I was making a joke about inside me. How did Brian Volga die? He hung himself like a pathetic little wimp. Yeah. Well, wouldn't say. I that. mean, you know, if you're going yeah. through stuff, you know, we're Fuck, here. He had to pay oh. bills, mate. Bonus mm. question, Matty, with the mm-hmm. uh, inside access. How did they spell inside? Oh yeah, good call. How- there's only one way to spell. No, it's inside. like a Kesha style or padded. Oh, I you ruined it now. I don't think he's going to get there. Still, <laughs> was the D like a TV or something? <laughs> that would be fun to see. No, they spelt it. There was an exclamation mark instead of the I at the 
top of inside. Oh, gag. Yeah, and I, I noticed it because the like the font is so awful for like an investigative <laughs> news show with like obviously one host who's just there sprouting her opinion and running uh, interviews. It was like clearly early two thousands. They've just got a work experience guy. Go, oi, jump on a Microsoft Paint. Just do us up inside access. It's gonna be sick. <laughs> And that's what he produced. Like, it didn't even look like it was in high quality. And uh, that's what drew me to... I'm like, is that a fucking exclamation mark? Like, that's that's, uh, that makes it worse than some kind of current affairs show. But anyway, whatever. And the irony is that the um, is that the porn parody will also just be called Inside Access. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta give them a little bit of work to do. Uh, And Eric's bonus question: Who keeps giving out Sam's phone number? Oh, well, it's got to be Pete, doesn't it? No, it's Walter. Come on. Oh. Fucking <laughs> hell. I was just oh, yeah, thinking... I Pete wouldn't give it out. Pete would be stealing it. He'd be making sure other people yeah. don't have her number so they can't contact her. Thanks for that, Eric. Uh, you can catch Eric on his new TV show with Neil Patrick Harris. Go f**k him up. Coming out on all great channels. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> All right, that's episode 166 of Get Into Gate. Before we switch off, though, something quite fun and interesting coming up in just a minute. But before then, if you are new to the show, if you are new, I just say new and newer, newer to the show, you can check out all of our old podcasts on your favorite podcasting outlet. Just search Get Into Gate, a Stargate podcast. There's something I really want to mention here, but I might save it for later or another time. <laughs> um Hit us up on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or drop us a, a long-form email, some questions, suggestions, like Eddie Fusco just did, uh, getintogate at gmail.com. We've also got a Discord page and a YouTube page, so jump on, subscribe, do whatever you want. And if you'd like to join our covenant, mm-hmm. check out our Patreon, guys. Have we? Are we there yet? Like, are we, have we reached the, the, the promised land? That, guys... We've done it. Reached hundred. Get the f- out. We've done it. Oh, like Uber. Like 105, 107 or something like that now. So two things. I've got some shout outs to, to give. Um, and also we get to draw the winner of our um, uh, staff weapon giveaway that Silas and Ash donated to us. So um, I wanted to give a shout out to our newest patrons, uh, Kian Carney, uh, Tim Kaiser. Hang on. What did she do? Key and Carney. Oh, okay. Yeah. Key and Carney. Great people. I think it's Kean. It could be Kean or Keen, but I'm I'm assuming it's Kean. Uh Tim Kaiser, who I'm worried is related to that Kaiser So So lady I made fun of a few oh, weeks ago. And I'm sorry, sorry, I apologize. I apologize, Key the Car, if I've assumed gender there. That's my bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that they might not have a gender to assume. Mm. That's true. So, uh, also, welcome to uh, Tara Hunter, the hunt, as I like to call her. Oh, the Ooh. big hunt! The big hunt, the big tea hunt. The big, and if you if you try, that's the big thump. Then if you put is that Mike's sister, Hunter? Oh, right. It's Hunter. It's you know oh. Hunter. Like, not no, just it's hunt. not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> got a few relatives to, in, um, in Russia as well. Yurik. Yeah. Oh, we've, We've got a lot to get through here, guys. We could be here for an hour <laughs> if we do this for all of them. Because you guys went nuts on Patreon. Like, I'm amazed. Thank you so much to everyone who jumped on Patreon. But you guys went nuts this month. Justin Webb. Justin Webb. Spider. I'm going to call oh, the him Spider. Stuff. Nah, Spider. Just Justin Webb. Time. Spider. Spider. Um, someone I can't trust because he's got two first names. George Bradley. Welcome. Right. But I'm never going to trust you because, you know, two first names. <laughs> Rachel Reyes. Welcome. 
Um, and a fun one we've got here. Keep going. <laughs> I don't know if they're related to uh, old Tim Kaiser, but um, operative bread. Welcome to our Patreon. The bread, the bread master. Because Ka- Kaiser Kaiser roll. You know how you can get Kaiser rolls, and then operative. Okay. Operative. Operative bread. I mean, I've just learnt that. So yeah. yeah. Um, also, I mean, welcome to. You really um, sussed out the room there for that joke. <laughs> Done well. Any bakers in the audience? Any bakers? <laughs> My brother-in-law's a baker. He'll enjoy that joke. Um, also, welcome to Bob. I don't Rob. think he was sitting through fifty minutes of this nonsense. So no. Get to the not. good bread gear. <laughs> Oi, get to the end. There's some bread gear. <laughs> <laughs> I got some sesame seed bits that'll kill. Uh, I'm trying to figure out a yeast joke, but I just can't get there. Oh, anyway, nice. two more. Welcome to um, Bob Roberts. So Bob Rob, Bob Rob, Bob Bob, Bob Rob, baby. And I'm just gonna say it as it was written here: Santos Gonzalez, aka nice. your mama's butthole. That's that's his whole that's his whole name. <laughs> well, I dare say we're not going to confuse him with anyone else. Mm. So it's probably a smart move to make. Yeah. And also welcome back to a lot of our old patrons as well, like previous patrons who have come back because, you know, they had to stop because of everything that's going on and all things like that. We've had so many patrons actually uh, come back on as well. So uh, welcome awesome. back to everybody. Yeah. Great. Oh, and cool. thank you very much. Yes. We appreciate Speaking it. Of that, so, we, we did promise something uh, when we got to 100 patrons that we would upload the video to Patreon, the video yes. of the podcast. So it's something we'll be doing. Mm. This month. And almost, this almost month. done for us, basically, now that we're doing stuff through Zoom in isolation. Yeah. Just, it's going to be harder once we get back into the studio, I think. But yeah. Just to do Zoom so, in the studio, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all just sit in yeah, different corners in front of our laptops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So keep an eye out for that. We'll be doing that. But as a thank you to everybody, I've I thought you were whacking of... off there. This is going on Patreon. This is going on Patreon. Oh, wait. Wrong hand. Sorry. <laughs> Either way. Um, I've bought it out of retirement. Yeah. Box of shame, guys. Okay. So I've got everyone's name inside the box of shame. Oh, you're and announcing gonna... it now? Yeah. Oh, what else are we going to do? Jesus. Gonna... Okay, let's, let's do it. it. Let's... So right. Mitch, can you put in that really, over... in post, put in that really mm. overdramatic drum roll, like the timpani one they play at the Oscars. That... Well, if you could just send a link to that, I'm sure Mitch will do it for you. Oh, are you telling me? Are you telling me Mitch doesn't already have that like on his phone, like the Oscars nerd that he is? I clearly don't put in stuff that I already do have on my phone. <laughs> so until I roll. All right, we ready? All right, let's do it. Insert. And this is for the, the um, drum roll. The epic staff weapon. This is the staff weapon that Silas and Ash um, donated to us. Check out um, silasquinlivin.com for all mm-hmm. his um, gear that he's been doing. I have. So, all right. All right. Let's... It looks hot. All right, you ready? Is everyone nervous? Is everyone nervous? I'm shaking. I'm nervous. I've had this... Th- th- he came to visit us in my place of work where I currently am recording. Before I recorded this podcast, I was sitting at my desk, underneath my desk, in safekeeping, in several boxes and wrapping in styrofoam, is this staff weapon. I love that it's there, but it's also taking up a shite load of room because it's so big. Uh, it's a monster. It's it a monster. is. Wookie needs some leg room. That's, all, I, uh, that's it. <laughs> I have the winner. I oh, hope shit. it's the right name. I don't want to read the wrong name like the Oscars. Was it the Oscars or whatever? They read the wrong yeah. name? Yeah. It's Silas Quinn Living. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Knights. Um. <laughs> Congratulations to I want to put my hand on his cock oh. David Hancock Oh, get oh there we David, go David you big f- <laughs> You massive 
You've won it. You've it. Look, it's been a while, but I thought now's the time to bring it back. Oh, yeah. The iPhone. Boom. Congratulations. Absolutely. Good work, Handbobbies. There'll be plenty of people wanting to put their hands on your cock once you've got that monster. That's right. And you know oh, what yeah. that means too? Silas, we need something else cool to give away at 150. <laughs> so get to making, boy. Well, we, we do have to um, figure that out too because Patreon is really cracking down on stuff now. They're adding in taxes and they're also cracking down on quote-unquote giveaways. So we've got to try and figure out a way where we can still give you guys some cool stuff. Yeah, we're thinking eggplant. To give it away. <laughs> this month's eggplant. <laughs> yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Code we'll, words. Um, if you can trust us to do one thing, it's find a way to cheat the system. Yeah. <laughs> and we will do that. I tried to Google there because, yeah, well, like you said, they're planning to use keyword searches on the tiers. So if you have giveaways or anything like, which is, a, it's a sales tax from the US, basically. Yeah, well, when, I, when I did a post, that. yeah, when I did a post announcing the winner of the big poster and I put that on Patreon, it flagged it because I wrote the word giveaway. Wow. So, yeah, but then, yeah, so we're, we're going to figure out ways around it so we can give, still give you guys some cool stuff. And if anyone knows the word giveaway in gold dialect, um, please mm. forward that on and we'll Ooh, start using that. Yeah. Do you know me? I love I love to give it away, right, guys? Oh, yes. yes I'm sure. I think there is like a <laughs> a link to the Gold language where it's got the words equals. So I'm sure we can come up with something. Mm, I've got that book from Craig as well. It's got the Gold dictionary in the back of it. Yeah, nice. Sweet. All we right. can bring it out now because it's it's. I've been hiding it for like the last five seasons because it had a picture on the front with Tilk with hair. But oh, now I can. Good to go. I can bring that out now. We're safe. Reese isn't even here. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, Reese has got a written statement here that he wanted oh. me to read out. Oh. Did he write it though, or did you? Actually, I'm, I'm just getting a phone call, so I might have to go, guys. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh, okay. All right. Ciao. All right. Other than all that, if somehow you want to talk to us individually, um, I don't know why you would want to, but people start to do that, and it's kind of fun and cool. So uh, please come and do that more to us. I am Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram. Maddie, where are you at? Uh, at High Pitch Maddie on all the stuff and things. And if Brendan was still here, he would say this to that very same question. I'm at the Bren Gibson. All right, that is episode 166 of Get Into Gate. We will be back next week to talk Stargate Atlantis. We are back in the Pegasus Galaxy. Maddie, I don't have it in front of me. What's the next episode of uh, Atlantis? Uh, I believe it's Underground. Sick. I don't even know if you're wrong, and I don't care. <laughs> we'll be talking Stargate Atlantis next week, whatever the right episode will be. Until then, uh, check out all the old podcasts and go and watch some Stargate, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Get Into Gate. Come back. Get Into Geek.